0: to select from Czech, Pilsen, David Juricek.
1: David Juricek from the Czech Republic into the Columbus Blue Jackets at pick six. Sabres three away. Chicago seven, Detroit eight, and then the Buffalo Sabres at nine. We welcome you back. Hour number two, our NHL draft. And the coverage here on WGR brought to you by Fiegel, Karin, Joyce, your border attorneys by bath fitter improve your bath in one day with bath fitter it just fits by outlet liquor when you need to stock up it's the place to buy a case what's your outlet and by m m you pull it western new york's premier destinations for used car and truck parts brian colzeal joe dibiase with you tj luckman producing as well he's chiming in along the way brayton wilson will be back with us uh, after the sabers make their next pick uh, dan don't leave you to come paul hamilton here in just one moment Live from Montreal. Quick life lesson. Yes, I was
2: gonna say this is perfect timing. We're yes. between
1: the Columbus right.
2: and Chicago. Pick. Paul
1: Paul should listen to this too. Okay.
2: Brian's got an important
1: life lesson that pertains to food. And That's right. He left us hanging going into the segment live. Okay. So I did this a few times. I will buy fast food coming into the station because we have some choices right around our station here. Sure. Coming into like work a night shift or Sabers game or like tonight. So this reminded me of it tonight because. I had bought a hamburger at one of the local fast food places right down the street here. Uh-huh. And I was going to go warm it up during the commercial break because it has sat here now for an hour and a half and I haven't got a chance to eat Ooh, it. Oh, okay. But they, a lot of times they'll throw ketchup packets in the bag. And I go, I just throw the bag because it had some fries in there too in the microwave and warm it up. Well, I had I'd done this, I don't know, a couple of years okay. ago. The ketchup packets, some of them... As you can see, Joe, here, I know the radio listeners, what is that on the edge? That's foil on the edge of the ketchup packet. Okay. Well, think about when you put foil in the microwave. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. That creates instant sparks. So I am now obsessed with double-checking, like, ooh, I'm going to warm up this fries and this burger. But if you throw that in the microwave and there's one of those little ketchup packets in there, you could be starting a fire... Or an explosion, very quick. So this this is is not not a pre-log, though. To the station is currently on fire. No, 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 no. Okay. But my life lesson is: if you ever are going to throw a fast food bag in a microwave, which could happen, like, hey, I got fast food. It sat there. It's cold. I need to warm it up. Uh huh. Be careful that you don't have. Ketchup packets. Or even like one of these sauce packets. Those are that. That's foil, right? The honey mustard. The the top of this is foil. Yeah. So if you have a sauce packet, like if you got nuggets. Uh-huh. or a, or a ketchup packet which has foil on the side here you could start something that's very bad so that's a life lesson to everybody the, the life lesson is don't eat as much fast food as i do but the real <laughs> the the life lesson is be careful if you ever throw a fast food bag in your microwave that there accidentally wasn't like a ketchup packet thrown in or a sauce packet thrown in cuz a lot of them have foil and you're going to explode yeah. your facility or, or your building or your house. I
2: don't think I've ever even been faced with a situation where I've put or considered putting fast food in the microwave.
1: Well, you probably are more sharp than I am. See, I, I'm i talking this whole time, and this food is sitting that's here. Okay, I that's fair. That's you would have just eaten it right away smartly. Uh, yes, that's probably right.
2: right. Paul, has this situation ever arise for you?
0: Well, I have a life lesson for Brian, actually. Maybe, you know, you've got guys like Joe who works 24 hours a day. I don't think Joe's been home in, like, the last 36 hours. I know where you're this going with this, been. by the way,
1: and, and I'm, I'm going to jump in. And, 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 and I TJ, called.
0: No, wait a minute. TJ, you know, he's oh. working two three jobs, whatever he's doing. And, you know, you could have spent some of your right. six-figure salary these, on cheap pizza for these guys or something. <laughs> these two, oh, wait, these two
1: guys are going to jump in yes. and tell me that I made two phone calls on my way in. He Who were they to? They
2: were to me, me. and they were to Joe. Yes. Offering. Yes. Offering. Yes. He did offer.
1: I'm going to stop. What would you like? Yeah. siege. how about that, Paul? And I even bought nuggets for TJ. How about that? That's right.
0: Yeah, but you would have charged him for the pizza. You would have gone three easy. Oh, fine oh it God. for him. Jesus. <laughs> All
1: right, Paul.
0: What's the food scene there? Yeah, What's the t- food scene at the Do they have the, the hot dogs, the, uh, dogs Paul? That's yeah, what I want to know. Absolutely, they do. You can oh. have as many as you want, Brian. You can have eight of them if you want. Uh, <laughs> wow. And, and they have Canadian candy bars like Coffee Crisp, Yes. And Arrow. That's good. And that kind of stuff. They have sandwiches, and they have like exotic desserts that look like they were made by at a bakery or something. Uh, so, yeah, plenty of uh, good things here for the spread, Brian. You. You would have loved it. Now I have you jealous that you're not here. And
2: and despite all the goodies uh, food-wise, Shane Wright still looked unhappy?
0: Oh, my. He looked like (laughs) he was going to kill somebody. (laughs) I don't think it was. I don't know if it was because Seattle took him. It was just he had pride that he wanted to be the number one overall pick. And not only was he not the number one overall pick, he fell to four. Cooley looked like uh, McDavid did when Edmonton won the lottery. I mean, Cooley was was just as unhappy with Arizona, and uh, those those weren't a couple of happy campers. Uh, and yep. you know uh, just to warn you guys, you'll have the Blackhawks in just a few minutes here. They're up on stage, but yeah, it, I think they were maybe upset for two different reasons. But they really had to force those smiles once they got the jerseys on because there weren't any before that.
1: All right, so in the building, Paul, as the Blackhawks just make their selection, we'll get it here in a second, um, s- some more trades with Montreal, Paul. The Blackhawks are dealing. We already had the Debrinkit trade, and now another one with them today. What would you think of the tr- of the move?
0: Yeah, I thought they would get more for Debrinkit. Now, you know, of course they would have gotten more if they could, uh, and, and they couldn't, but I thought, you know, they would get more for a 24-year-old 40-goal scorer winger. Uh, than they wound up getting so uh, yeah that, uh, that that surprised me uh, that they, they were only able to get that for him but of course their GM got the best deal they possibly could
1: right all right so Kevin Korczynski the defenseman going to Chicago at pick seven so the Sabres are two away Paul can you see the Sabres table from where you're at
0: it's way far away it's, yeah. it's almost all the way up I I can see one or two people sitting there but I can't really see it
1: okay. And Kevin, Paul, what did Kevin Adams say? I know he addressed this in the press conference about being for his first in-person draft. That how that might be different for him.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, just being here, he, he was all smiles. He really, you know, was looking forward to it. So, uh, you know, this is something that he wanted to do, both for his scouts to be here and everybody else. Now, as we look to the Sabers, there's only one more pick to go before Buffalo goes and both Connor Geeky and Matthew Savoy are on the board. So uh, Matthew Savoy is considered to have the best skill in this draft. He's also 5'9", but uh, you know, are, are we in a different play? A lot of people have tied Jonathan uh, Maki Lecoma- 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 in with the Buffalo Sabres. Some have taken Marco Casper in with the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with only one more pick to be taken uh, you know, jo- mm-hmm. Joachim Kemel Could be mentioned in, those, in that breath too
2: Paul, we saw A tweet yesterday, at least it was a tweet That the metallurg Of the KHL his their, their team's VP Said something along the lines of Danila Yurov the prospect who's expected Like, you know, early to mid-first round here Would be drafted by the Sabres did, did, One, did you even see that? And two, I don't know, how much stock am I supposed to put into Anything that's coming from Overseas like that?
0: Well, they might be trying to put things together that, well, the Sabres took four Russians last year, so they might be the team that would go for that. Now, many scouts think you're off his top-five talent. Most of them think he has top-ten talent. Um, I don't know if you want to take the chance at nine, to be quite honest with you. I think if you're going to take that chance, you hope that maybe he's there at, at 16. Uh, but I would go for a solid i don't want to say for sure none of them are for sure but i yeah i I wouldn't do that until i got to 16.
1: paul how happy is the former Saber, miroslav shatan tonight two of his players going one and two
0: and craig ramsey the head coach of the slovakian team that's right uh, miroslav shatan miro has been quite vocal about these players and said look at they're gonna surprise you know and uh they certainly did uh two months ago it was almost a foregone or a month or maybe two months ago was a foregone conclusion that Wright and Cooley were going one and two and uh, that the Slovakian would be third and they're you know head and shoulders above everybody else well that's why they actually make do the drafting because that's not how this happened Um, Shane Wright got criticized for effort at times uh, you know as, as the season wore on I don't know if that's what scouts saw and backed off him at all.
1: Oh, I think maybe did we oh, lose?
0: Oh, okay, I Paul. I lost you. I'm that's sorry. That's all right.
1: No, nope, we're back. Go ahead. Continue.
0: So yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, how that dynamic, and then he just kept falling and falling. Well, the Devils weren't going to take a center. If they're going to draft, the defense made sense. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's uh, you know the way they were going to go with it. So. Uh, you know, I didn't expect the Devils to take him um, with this. In a lot of, there's some people that want the Sabres to go get him. Well, first of all, why would Seattle trade the pick to Buffalo? They want Shane Wright. So, I mean, you know, Adams is getting criticized for what? You know, the pick wasn't available. They weren't, Arizona wasn't making it available. What do you do? Go offer eight first-round picks so you can get them? Uh, is that smart? Smart business? So, you know, that that, that trade was, and and second of all, Buffalo has young centermen. Right now, they don't need young centermen. They need defense as far as some depth on defense. They need some big wingers. They need wingers that can score. And, uh, you know, so it, it made no sense to me to even think about trading up for right. And it made no sense. If you're Seattle, why in the world would you trade out of that position?
1: Paul, all the time. By the way, Paul Hamilton, everybody live in Montreal at Bell Center at the draft. Detroit is on the clock at pick 8, and then it's the Sabres at pick 9. After the uh, pick is made, uh, Paul will be uh, heading to get an interview with the player, so uh, we'll have that, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll air it as soon as Paul gets it. We'll have it for you live right here on our NHL draft coverage. Uh, Detroit is about to pick, so uh, we are just about set for the Sabres to be away. And
0: that is Marco Casper.
1: Okay. So it'll be uh, Marco Casper going to Detroit. So that means
0: Buffalo's ready
2: to go. I saw he is the third Austrian-born player to be drafted in the first round. You know the other two? Not hard. Vanek? Vanek is one. And... I'm just double-checking right now to make sure that what I had is right. Yep. Michael Grabner. Ah. You might have been here a while. I I felt like maybe that was gettable, maybe that wasn't actually gettable. Grabner and Vanek and now Marco Casper. Um... So interesting. Sabers up at nine, and yeah, like Paul, we kind of, even though there was chaos with the first five picks and like where guys went, the, the guys we thought were probably going to be available at nine ended up being available.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if uh, Geeky and Savoy. I thought one would. I didn't think both would be, but they have their choice now. Do you want to go with the big kid who with Winnipeg had seventy points last year? Do you want to go with the kid with the most talent in the draft that many scouts say who had ninety points in sixty-five games? With Winnipeg, by the way, who was coached by James Patrick. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where where Kevin Adams goes with this.
1: All right. So the Sabers now uh, are going to be on the clock here at pick nine. Don't forget, Buffalo has three picks today. They've got the Vegas pick and the Florida pick uh, at those slots later on that the Sabers will have. Uh, that, of course, coming at selection 16. That's the Vegas spot. And then also at Selection 28, uh, that's from the Panthers, from trades uh, from last year. And, of course, the, the Eichel trade uh, getting a big piece there with Vegas missing the playoffs this year, helping the Sabres getting that pick. And uh, it's a, a few spots higher than maybe they had thought that they would have. But Buffalo on the clock right now. Marco Casper, the latest selection uh, for the Red Wings, the centerman going there it's going to come
0: fast and furious now. This, I don't know, this may be the last time I talk to you tonight. I don't know how this is going to go between trying to get interviews and and three picks. And when you finish with one and we might not be up with the next, I, I hope to get to talk to you again. But uh, it might be a while.
1: Paul, from, from the press conferences from Kevin Adams and the scouts, were you at all having any l- inkling that they would... Use these first-round draft picks for trades? I mean, obviously, as of the moment, the Sabres haven't done anything with them. Are you expecting that it'll just be three picks tonight? Is that more so the side yeah, that you would Adam, lean on? That's
0: what, it, that's what Adams kind of wants it to do. Really. Yeah. Boy, I'm looking up at, this, at the board here, and they're doing a Buffalo video. The first thing on the board is let it snow. Really, that's that's how you're going to start this off, eh? <laughs> let, it, let it snow. So, uh, yeah, so I he's he's been pretty consistent that he's looking into moving up and moving down but you know we asked him how many months ago uh in our pregame show you know and and he said that he's kind of leaning towards making the picks
1: right paul hamilton live in montreal sabers are now officially on the clock they've got about two and a half minutes to go and uh, we'll have the pick and the announcements live paul you're a few seconds ahead of us just so you know uh, so we're going to carry the podium feed and the announcement with Kevin Adams and the crew. So
0: I got to get going anyway. I, I know you've
1: got to get, right gotta get ready here, to so. as soon as the pick's made. I know you're going to get the interview. So we will uh, we'll let you go here, Paul, and we'll, we look forward to hearing the interview with the pick uh, a few minutes after it's done. Thank you, Paul.
0: Okay, take care.
1: Okay, Paul, uh, heading down to uh, the floor there so that uh, he can interview the Sabers pick, which. Uh, yeah. We'll be coming in here momentarily. I'm
2: thinking, my guess is it's going to be Urof. I'm I'm going to choose to believe that the VP of his own KHL team knows knows something. Now, I don't also take it as a direct translation. Because he you're going from Russian to English in the first place. Maybe something was mistranslated. Maybe the meaning is different. When he said, Buffalo's going to take Urof. He very easily could have meant to say in English... I think Buffalo is going to take (laughs) year off. So I'm taking it to mean I think Buffalo is going to take year off. But that still means that there's some tie that his own GM or his own VP in Russia believes that the Sabres will be the team. And they they proved last year that they were willing to take Russians. They had picked one guy in a decade out of Russia before last year. Vasily Glotov. Remember him? The development camp hero? And even that was a seventh-round pick. Last year, I think it was two seconds, a third, and a sixth. They picked four guys from Russia. They showed a willingness to be able to do it, or to do it if they felt that they were the best player on the clock, on the board. And if they think Yurov's on the board, I don't for a second think that they'll hesitate to do that. And I also say that knowing all of the political tension that's going on right now with that Flyers goalie prospect, who is like rumored to be in some military base in north, Uh, Russia because he signed with the Flyers and Kaprizov who knows what's happening with him there was a report he had to come back to the US because he's wanted in Moscow even with all of that I still feel like the Sabres if they had a Russian player top on their board that they would do
1: it alright so the Sabres uh, are about to select we will uh, take you to the podium live to hear from Kevin Adams and the crew here uh, as the Sabres are actually physically walking up to the podium as we speak from the floor of the Bell Center and uh this is Kevin Adams' first in-person selection. It's been all virtual, so he gets yeah. to uh, to kind of make his debut. We don't know what kind of uh, introduction we'll get here from the Sabers GM.
2: I'm gonna guess he goes a li- longer than Tim Murray, uh, shorter than like Botterill. I think was one for like the big
1: yes. hello. Thank everybody.
2: Thank you for uh, for the the, the the hospitality, Montreal. I, I think we're gonna get you know ten to fifteen seconds. Yep. Thank, Don, thank Montreal quick, boom, here's the pick.
1: Don Granato also on the stage, the Sabres head coach as well. So, okay, we uh, want to hear what the Sabres are going to do. Pick number nine overall, here's from Kevin Adams.
3: From Winnipeg in the Western Hockey League, Matthew Savoy. Woo! hey, right. okay.
1: Matthew Savoy. <laughs> Exciting. Center, Winnipeg, from the Western Hockey League.
3: I
2: talked myself into this guy. 5'9", fun, dynamic. I, this is a reckless comparison, I know, especially from someone <laughs> that doesn't study tape. And is, this is mostly coming from, like, YouTube highlight reels. The guy reminds me of Danny Breer. Like, f- smaller, nine. the shot is lethal, really good stick handler, and really good skating. Like, I don't know, I just, I see Briere. I'm not saying that's what he's going to become, and there are better minds out there that can compare him to NHL players, but uh, that's what he reminded me of. I think it's a fun pick, and... The other way I like to evaluate like who I want the Sabres to take is if you're going to hit on the pick, if you told me for sure you're going to hit on the pick, who do I want? And I think the guy I want is the most dynamic offensive talent that's in the draft.
1: And I think you got him, for sure. So Matthew Savoy, the pick. Paul Hamilton uh, is heading down to speak with him momentarily, so we'll have that as uh, Savoy and the commissioner, Gary Bettman, right now exchanging pleasantries. Savoy taking his... Sport coat off. They're going to give him the Sabers jersey that says uh, number twenty-two on it. By the way, Savoy wore ninety-three uh, in the Western Hockey League. Sabers to wear ninety-three. It's open.
2: 93 Victor Antipin. Victor Antipin, the <laughs> Ninth, last player to why, do it. there's got to be a more useful use of my brain space than yes. remembering what number Victor That's Antipin impressive
1: wore. to pull off Victor Antipin, Doug Gilmore, and Antoli okay. Seminoff, the 3 Sabers okay. to wear 93. I, w- I wouldn't have had Seminoff. So, it's open. So, if uh Matthew Savoy wants 93, he's got it. All right. We'll take a uh we're going to take a timeout here, TJ. All right, break time. Uh Matthew Savoy, the Sabers pick, if you want to react to it. Phone lines are open. we got a a segment that we can uh, take some fan reaction here, and if there's anything you want Kevin Adams to do, you can jump in here with Joe and I. 803-0550. 803-0550 is the number. Uh, We will hear from Matthew Savoy. Paul Hamilton's interview coming up. We'll be checking in with Paul again. Sabres, don't forget, they're going to be on the clock again soon. They've got three picks in round number one. Back with reaction to the Sabers' first of three picks when we return with our... NHL draft coverage right after this. Along with Joe DiBiase, I'm Brian Colziel. Hope you're having a great night here. NHL draft night, day one on WGR. sabers gm kevin adams announcing the sabers selection first of three matthew soboy the center from winnipeg of the western hockey league as we welcome you back to our nhl draft coverage brian colzeal joe DiBiase, tj luckman producing paul hamilton live in montreal sabers will be back on the clock actually it's gonna come up soon we're already uh, on anaheim has just made their pick uh Pavel Yukov is their pick, the defenseman. Good job. Yes, thank you. I was practicing. I'm glad that you did it, and I didn't. <laughs> Uh San Jose is up at pick 11. Sabers are going to pick again at pick 16. So I got to think, what within the half hour, Joe, we're going to be back up again with another pick. The pace has gone up a little bit. Yeah, it's better. So Anaheim is uh, just made that selection. So San Jose,
3: pick number 11 is up.
1: Brayton Wilson rejoining us here now. Brayton, what would you think of the selection uh, for the Sabers? At pick nine of Matthew Savoy, the center.
3: Yeah, I really like Savoy's game. He's just a really good, dynamic playmaker right down the middle. He's got good speed, good hands. He has a good knack for getting to the net. Just a really good offensive player. There's still a lot that he can work on in his overall game, maybe in, in the uh, defensive end and neutral zone a little bit. But certainly there's a lot to like, even for being only 5'9". I think the biggest thing about Savoy's game is just his speed and his ability to, to really play the puck well on his stick. So certainly the Sabres get a dynamic player down the middle. Uh, eventually when he gets to the NHL, he, I mean, Savoy last year, he was a guy that I think a lot of people had passed. Maybe as a top three, top five player as well, along with the guys like, um, you know, Shane Wright, Brad Lambert of those type of players. But, you know, as the year went on, their production. Maybe didn't live up to expectations, and they fell down the board. While other players like a, a Slavkovsky and some of the other players, their expectations were you know not so low. And then when they had a great year, all of a sudden they rose up the draft board. So again, this, this it's just fitting into this year's draft where everything's a little bit wonky. And you know Savoy falls to the Sabers at nine, which doesn't necessarily surprise me. But uh, Sabers, I think, get the best player available in this spot, and they make it the the good pick. The
1: reaction that fans want to know right away, of course, is, well, when do you think he'll become an NHLer? So I'll ask you that.
3: Well, I don't think he's going to make the NHL right away. I think another year playing in the Western Hockey League in Winnipeg will certainly benefit him. He gets to go back and play under James Patrick. As he's the head coach in Winnipeg with the ice. And uh, that team this past year played really well throughout the regular season. They made the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't get there uh to to win the championship or anything like that, but they certainly put up a good run. So, maybe another decent run in the in the Western Hockey League playoffs this year will uh not only benefit the ice but benefit Savoy and then maybe after this upcoming season for the 2023-24 campaign Maybe there's a chance he gets the chance to to break into the NHL lineup, but I think he still has two years of eligibility left in the Western Hockey League. So it wouldn't surprise me if he played out the rest of his time available there, and then we'll see what happens from there. You made a face, right, Brian?
2: Trade. There's a trade. Arizona has moved up to San Jose's pick at 11. Uh, Friedman is saying for three picks, including 27. So Arizona Mm. had 27. They're moving up 16 spots. Is that just picks? That seems like a lot for that for moving up sixteen spots. But maybe the price in this draft, you know, it does a second. Get the that trade
3: done? is number eleven. The Sharks give to the Coyotes, and the Sharks get number twenty-seven, thirty-four, and forty-five. Okay, all right. So a first and two seconds to move up from twenty-seven to eleven.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's sixteen spots. Yeah. All right. So Arizona set to make their second selection of two. Uh, they had already made their choice earlier. Uh, in the round at the uh, third overall selection there they amongst the three teams that passed on Shane Wright that's still Joe probably the I know we're we're focused on the sabers but the, yeah. the the story of the draft still is Shane Wright falling right to pick 4 i think so yeah. did you see the
2: video circulating twitter of him when he goes up on the stage after he shakes Bettman's hand and he starts walking over to the Seattle GM, he death stares the Montreal table. <laughs> like, death stares. Oh. He looks like he wants to like put them through that table. So, he did not seem happy. Paul even said when he walked by Paul that he looked like he was ready to murder <laughs> someone. Um, it honestly could have been more anger at Montreal than just the idea that he
3: went to Seattle. Well, uh, there are some uh, very good picks that have come with the fourth overall selection over the last several years, uh, one of them being the the guy that just was the Smythe winner in 2017. Or he was the Smythe winner in the Stanley Cup final, Norris Trophy winner this year, but the 2017 fourth overall pick, Kale McCarr. Not too bad. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Um, Shane Wright might uh, look to try and get to that point somehow, some way. I had the list up here. I, I gotta pull it back up. It's frustrating because uh, let's see. Me- meanwhile,
2: while you are looking that up, yes, I'm I am looking up Matthew Savoy uh, NHL player comparisons right now, mm-hmm. and I've already seen three Braden points. Ooh, is that just like the guy for it? Maybe. I mean, I said Danny Briere, but I am a very untrained eye to what he is as a player. As the, just literally the highlight reel is the only thing I am going off that he reminded me of Briere because, like, my, my one of my buddies texted me. Because he's five foot nine, he's like, is, is this Ennis? You know, like, is this the yeah. super off? And I'm like, not as water buggy. And I almost wouldn't want to compare him to Ennis because his shot is too good. Like, watch it, watch his release. Like, going down on one knee, like, where his hands are, how much torque he gets on his stick, playing both on the right side of the power play for Winnipeg and the left. Like, he's got a good one-timer. And for me, that's why it was tough to find a comparison of someone that that's that small that gets that amount on his shot, and that's why I didn't. I don't like an Ennis comparison by any means. And Briere again might be a little bit reckless, but that's kind of what drew me, I think, to that comparison. Is he's small and by don't, but he's quick and fast and can stick handle, but like the the shot seems to really be there for this kid. So Bray, maybe Bray, maybe Braden point though is uh,
1: again
3: three times that I've would be fine. It. That would be fine with me too. Just like that recent
1: history of pick nine, just to see. I'm going to go back a few years just because we want to see guys maybe that are in the NHL team. Yep. 2017, uh, the ninth overall pick was Detroit. Pick. That Detroit. was Michael, Rasmus- Michael Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Yep. That was 2017. 2018, what's, what team? That was the Rangers at pick nine, Vitaly uh, Kratsoff. Yeah, Kravtsov. Yep, that was in 2017 uh if we go i'm oh, sorry that was 2018 we go to 2019 that's anaheim trevor Zegers. Zegers, yep. yeah uh, we know that's a player with a lot of upside okay arizona as we said moved into the spot where the sharks were at pick 11 uh let's go live to montreal and uh pick up the selection here for the coyotes uh, again the sabers at pick 16 not too far away from their second so far uh, arizona set to make their second pick today
2: Arizona Coyotes are proud
0: to select from the Winnipeg Ice, Connor Geeky.
1: All right. So Arizona obviously was happy that Connor Geeky had fallen. Mm-hmm. And an, another player selected from the Western Hockey League from Winnipeg. We know,
3: obviously, the Sabres just took one there. Matthew Savoy and then Connor Geeky following through. Connor Geeky is the younger brother, Morgan Geeky, who plays for the Kraken. Uh Number four overall pick, history of number four overall picks in recent years. So Shane Wright obviously is the guy that, uh, given the death stare to the Canadians and maybe the other teams that, uh, took a, took a pass on him. The other four overall picks in recent years Luke Hughes was last year, brother of Quinn and Jack. Uh, Lucas Raymond went four. Uh, Bowen Byram, Brady Kachuk, Kale McCarr, Mitch Marner, Sam Bennett. And Seth Jones, the most notable. Evander Kane also went in 2009. Alex yep. Petrangelo, Nicholas Backstrom. Some good names that went fourth overall in recent draft history. And Shane Wright is the next one that's right there. And focusing
1: back on Buffalo, as we looked at those pick nines, probably is Ter- Trevor Zegers the most exciting name maybe on that list. Yeah,
3: probably. Probably yep. for sure. I mean, All right. He, he, in my opinion, he should have won the, the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year, but... Yep. All right. Nothing against Mort Sider, though. Right.
1: All right, so pick 12 is where we're up to now here with Columbus. You have Chicago, who's made quite a bit of moves today. Uh, pick 13, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and then Buffalo again. Uh, Brayton, when we asked you last time about some names, some of those names are still there. Could that drop to 16? Obviously, Kevin Adams might be hoping that that's the case.
3: Yeah, I mean, certain, I mean, again, at this point in the draft, there are just a number of names that could fall anywhere this this draft really is unique just because there are it's a deep draft but it's because there's so many names that could go 12 13 14 that end up falling down to like 20 21 22 and then the flip side there are names that a lot of people thought maybe go 20 21 22 that go 12 13 14 it's it's kind of a crapshoot at this point but there are certainly a lot of interesting players that are out there that uh, the Sabres could have interest in that could be available depending on how the cards fall for the rest of the draft. I mean the highest guy that I have remaining on my board going through the mock draft that I put up is Joachim Kemel. He hasn't gone off the board yet. I had him at seven originally to the Senators yeah. and then but he was uh, around five or six in some people's yeah, mock drafts. Yeah a yeah. lot of people thought he was great. I mean he he's a dynamic shooter, a guy who's similar to Jonathan Lakaramaki and he's another guy that hasn't gone yet in this year's draft but again with with the way that the boards are shuffling around and trades are happening it's it's really interesting to see how everything's going to play out brad lambert's also available uh liam ogren who is a teammate of jonathan lekaramaki in sweden is a is a really good dynamic player on the left wing uh the three players that all played together in jurgarden this year uh jonathan jonathan lekaramaki Liam Ogren, and Noah Ostland, they are all projected to be first-round picks, and they all have really good futures in the NHL. Next year is going to be really interesting to see how they can play in the second-tier league going up against maybe more equivalent competition at their age and everything like that, better competition for their age uh, certainly is really interesting. And then, obviously, the Sabres, they could still pick Frank Nazar. He's another guy that's available. I had him mocked at 16 just based on how everything was going to fall and where I – Again, I'm no draft expert, but I just, you know, I see it as, you know, there may be some teams that have interest in certain guys or certain positions or whatever, and, uh, you know, mock drafts are mock drafts. They're for fun. They're they're for entertainment purposes. So um, lots of different names that could be available for the Sabres, but lots of players that would fit really well and I think could be good options in the uh, end.
1: All right. Officially, uh, that trade that, again, s- sent the uh, Coyotes up to pick 11, uh, which they selected with Connor Geeky, 11th overall. The Sharks in return get the 27th overall pick this year so they drop down and then they pick up two second rounders at pick 34 and pick 43. So uh to drop from 11 to 27 the Sharks get two extras in round 2 and now the Coyotes have two of the first 11 players off the board in this year's draft. Columbus at pick 12 is next and You know, Joe, as we start to look at Eastern Conference teams that the Sabres Mm -hmm. have to get ahead of, eventually, if you're going to be in the top eight, Columbus was a team that missed the playoffs last year, but was ahead of Buffalo in the standings. That's, to me, like, when I start to think about, okay, how can the Sabres start moving up to be in that top eight? We know finding one of those top eight teams to fall off might be tough, but you still have to pass a few others along the way. and. Columbus is a team like this year that, on paper, I got to think, hey, Buffalo's got to be better than Columbus. Like, you know, I know it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's baby steps, yeah, but like, there's that's one team that you have to be better than next year. If,
2: if you're not better than Columbus next year, something's gone wrong, right? Like, we're 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 not even you're not competing for the playoffs if you're if you're somewhere near where Columbus I think is in the standings. So they finished six
1: points better than you last year. Sabres at seventy five points, right? Columbus eighty one.
2: I, I would like that's a team that I kind of see being on the way down a little bit. Um, we'll see if anything happens with Patrick Line in terms of an extension this offseason or if any other action happens. Uh, Columbus, you've got to be better than Columbus, like you said. You've got to be better than the Islanders because you're trying to grab a spot from someone in the top eight. And honestly, don't don't, don't assume that someone can't jump you from behind either. There's the three teams in front that you'd have to jump, the two that finished above you that didn't make the playoffs, Columbus and the Islanders, and then one team that was in the playoffs last year. You got That's three teams you have to pass, and you can't get passed by anyone that is behind you. Detroit has that capability. Uh, they have the exact same Stanley Cup odds right now going into the season at plus 5,000. Detroit, just like the Sabres, have a lot of young talent, and they have star-level young talent. The Sabres have it, too, with Power and Darlene, but Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider, and then they still have Dylan Larkin. Like That is a team to respect, I think, as someone that's on the way up. And then Ottawa has gotten that same type of credit, and I haven't really bought it until today. And I don't like the DeBrinket move for them long-term because they did that move blindly. They don't know if he's going to sign. And we saw what happened with Sam Reinhardt. You go into an RFA year. I mean, that guy can very easily say, I'm just going to walk. I'll sign one more year, year deal with you, but that's it. And you lose all the leverage, and you don't get the proper trade value. A year from now, Ottawa could be in trouble with that situation. But... He does make them better right now. I agree. And Ottawa, with their young talent, they add to Brinkett. There's rumors about them poking around Mackenzie Um, They're another team that is behind you that you have to think about as someone that will be competing with you in the
1: standings. Columbus does make their selection. Defenseman Denton Matichuk from Moose Jaw of the Western Hockey League. Close enough. Yeah. Matechuk. Matechuk. Yes. Thank you. What uh, would he have been? On the Sabres radar at 16? I mean, potentially. Left shot? Is he left, left shot? shot? Yeah, left, left shot, shot defense. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I've, that's the one
2: question I've wondered about. Like, would they stick to their board? For the most part, I think you probably would. But if you got a left shot defenseman that's number one in on your board, and then you have a guy that's really close at number two that plays wing or center or something else, would you go. Man, if I really hit on this pick, I've got so many left shot defensemen. Like I've got Dalin, I've got even though he might switch to the right, I've yeah. got power, I've got Samuelson, maybe I'll have Ryan Johnson if they could figure out how to sign him. I, I'm crowded. Like, would I if it's if it's pretty close, would I favor the other position? If it's a blowout, I think they would pick the left shot D. But when it comes to team need in the organization, not just on the
1: NHL team, I think left shot D is like the one where I'm wondering if they would even think about it. Sabres take Matthew Savoy, the center, at pick nine. And uh, we expect to hear from him momentarily. Paul Hamilton interviewing him in uh, Montreal as we speak. So we'll have an interview coming up shortly. The Sabres only three picks away. Chicago at pick 13 on the clock, followed by Winnipeg, Vancouver. And then it's the Buffalo Sabres back on the clock. More NHL draft coverage continuing as we step aside for a quick timeout right here on WGR. NHL Draft coverage back on WGR. The Chicago Blackhawks at pick 13. Ready to go. Let's see who they take as we go live to Montreal.
3: In Chicago. The Chicago Blackhawks are proud to
2: select from the United States National Development Team, Frank Mazur.
1: All right, Frank Mazur going pick number 13, the center from the U.S. National Team.
2: It strikes me that... If Matthew Savoy hits, if if they nail that pick, he's really good. He plays center, right? And maybe he switches the wing. It happens. But for now, he's a center. He was a center at Winnipeg. He's drafted as a centerman. If he is really good and he's a centerman, how does that look? Because I think Thompson is solidified as one of your top three after that season. I think Cousins is solidified as one of your top three. And i I heard Paul on this and maybe others, too, that – Krebs, when he first got here, was a center, and he was drafted as a center, but maybe he played better while he was on the wing, which is a little weird because he's like a playmaker. You would think he'd work better from the middle of the ice. Can we say the same thing about Middlestat? And maybe Middlestat, the same thing. Like, it, maybe if if everything goes well, if everything goes well, everybody turns out like Middlestadt keeps going as like a forty to forty-five point guy. Thompson's still a thirty-plus goal guy. Cousins keeps progressing. Krebs turns into something useful. If everything goes perfectly, are are your three centers three, four years from now? Savoy, Thompson, Cousins, and then Krebs and Middlestat are wingers.
1: Could be that I mean, might that, that might be the dream scenario. That's that's the best case scenario that you. Those three are so good at center that you you can't move them. And that, hey, Peyton Krebs, you're great in both spots, but we got to put you at wing because these other three right now are just locked and loaded and right in. So I think you're right. I think that's the best-case scenario. And that also then would open up the discussion of, well, if you have five guys that can play center in the NHL at a quality level, um, do you want to play one of them as your fourth-line center? Probably not. So then, that opens up the mm-hmm. well. Well, what can you get for one of them then? And then maybe sure. the, you spin that to fill a void somewhere else. Oh, of course, yeah.
2: it, it, it's just added value. Added value. And the other part of that, in terms of like fitting Savoy now into their their pipeline down the middle, they have got three guys, four guys right now that you all could say, all right, reasonable chance of being like a second line center. But do they have someone? Uh, that played on the team last year, that you could say, that's superstar number one center potential. They, they Even Savoy, I mean, I would imagine is not. You're not going to say, oh, I might have a Matthews. I might have a McKinnon. I might have a McDavid. They're not going to have that. Right. But can I get like an Aho? Can I get like an all-star level guy that plays down the middle where you say, all right, I've got a legit number one center cuz maybe that guy maybe Savoy doesn't become that guy and you still say hey I've got three number 2 centers and my blue line is so good that that's that formula is going to work but after seeing all these guys a little bit in the NHL it, is it presumptuous to say Savoy might have the highest potential to be a number 1 center
1: on this team yeah yeah it would be a good problem to have obviously that you have to go down that road to make those decisions okay Uh, We're not that far away from another Sabre selection. In fact, I'm sure we'll have it in our next segment. So we're going to take a timeout here, uh, get you through the top of the hour. Winnipeg's now on the clock at pick 14. And the Sabres are only two away. Winnipeg 14, Vancouver 15, and then the Sabres at 16. So we'll come back. Brayton will give you the names to look for here coming up. Uh, We also are going to have Matthew Savoy's interview with Paul Hamilton coming up. He's meeting with the media as we speak. And then we'll have another pick to talk about here as we roll on in a busy night for the Buffalo Sabres. Three picks in round one, and our continuing coverage will roll on as we get into hour number three when we return after this on WGR.